Hello and welcome to Community Highlights. I am your host, Johanna Arrieta, and today we are joined by Misty Klein, who is here to talk with us about her work with Afghanistan refugee students. My audio is kind of iffy today, but I hope you enjoy the episode nonetheless. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Well, for starters, thank you for doing this for taking the time to do this, even if you're busy. Sure. Um, if you could start off with introducing yourself and what title you would like to be known as. Okay, I'm Misty Klein, and I've been with Epic for five years. And starting in August, I switched to a position with the Family Language Assistance Coordinator, which um, means assisting all the families that English is not their first language. And then in January, I moved into a position uh, that's new to Epic, well, it's still the same job, but um, so I'm co-leading a school for students that are from Afghanistan that are resettling to Oklahoma City. And most of them are living in temporary housing at the moment, and then they're in process of resettling and getting their education documents in line if they're older, trying to figure out a future here. So for now, um... Does a lot of the work you do take place in actual facility? Like, do you Mm -hmm. go and interact with students a lot? Yes. So most of the students here at this school are still living in hotels and they're bused here to this center. So probably around like 140 um, high school, middle school students, and then a lot of elementary school students. So we are here in a physical facility each day. From... What I heard last time when when we were doing the interview with with the students themselves, and you're currently operating as kind of a middle ground education for students in the process of enrolling in local schools. Quick side note, the interview I'm referring to is a separate interview we did with Ms. Klein and some of the students themselves. The audio in this interview wasn't good enough that I was able to post it as an episode, but if you would like to know more about it, feel free to go to epicnewsnetwork.org and look for the article, Students from Afghanistan Learning School Can Be Different by Priscilla Rodriguez. All right, now back to the episode. Uh, For the majority of students, yes, that is true. A lot of students, once they move to the long-term housing, they will relocate to go to their local neighborhood brick and mortar school. But a lot of older students, um, non-traditional students will most likely stay with Epic if we're able to find programs that will help them to be successful with learning enough English. All right. And what type of courses are they taking right now? Since if you're um, just kind of being the transition between schools, what things well, do we're you kind of being transitioned, but the high school students are fully enrolled in Epic. So they're getting full credit for they're doing English nine, uh, some elective ES English courses, PE or art, geography, and depending on their math level, they're enrolled in math. And um, English learning, how do you find it's a struggle with students? The what language are most of their their classes taught in their local language or no, they're taught in English, but we do have a few translators here. So it's a full immersion school. 
So we teach fully in English and students are learning English. But there are some translators here to help with um, specific needs if necessary. Do you see those struggles a lot with students that have difficulty learning because of the language gap? Well, depending on the student, a lot of students come with some level of English and some come with no level of English. And there are a lot of girls in particular that have never been to school at all. Um, they weren't afforded the opportunity to attend any school when they were in Afghanistan. So there's a really broad spectrum of students like abilities within language within uh, some students are not even literate in their first language, but some students are literate in like five languages. So we have a very big spectrum here of different students with different levels, but all of them are in culture shock and many are still not, you know, in transition to their long-term housing. And you can maybe imagine if your family was in a hotel for multiple months in a, a new country with everything new and different, it would be really challenging. So there's lots of different challenges in addition to language, but um, most of them are, you know, slowly learning English and are doing a great job. What processes do you guys have in place to deal with the cultural shock? Because that obviously is going to have an impact on how the students are learning right now with mm -hmm. everything kind of rapidly moving around them. A lot of our processes are just listening, being open to listen and allow people to speak and tell their stories and offer just a space to heal and to, to be. And we are trying to, in this school, we have implemented many things that would hopefully be similar to home, like, because most of these students do come from a Muslim background. And for example, this is Ramadan, it's their holy month where there's fasting. So we've adjusted our schedule, um, our school schedule around their different needs for the different prayer times. And um, since they're fasting during the day, we've shortened the school day so they can go home and prepare the meal for the evening. During just a regular, not Ramadan, we have um, where they can wash and pray. And we have the classes separated by girls and guys, um, which would be how it would be in their country. So we are trying to implement a lot of things that are similar and may feel like home while helping them to assimilate to more of an American um, education system. With separating students into classes, how do you guys deal with that process since you said there's a lot of different education levels throughout all these students and because it's kind of a rapidly moving process mm -hmm. um, how do you decide what students go in which classes well it's a lot of trial and error but this school was formed within just like two weeks the need was there and we partnered with the Sparrow project and we were able to put the school together um, so at a spare project hired four teachers. And so we have, we've just put people in middle school or high school classes. So they're either in middle school and then the ones that had some additional education, they're able to do, um, some pull out. And so we have them in some higher level classes, but overall we have high school girls, high school boys, middle school girls, middle school boys. And that's kind of how we have divided because this is not a very big building and we have a relatively small staff so that's how we have people arranged at the moment yeah 
kudos to you guys for dealing with everything in such a short notice. I'm sure we all really appreciate the teachers who go out of their way to do this for students that are dealing with a lot in their life right now. So with the high school students that are gonna stay with Epic, what are you guys doing about their course requirements to graduate? Are some of them like on a path to just take the test and get their G, what is it, GED? GED. We are not recommending the GED for the majority of these students. The GED is quite a cultural test. So in order to be successful in the GED, not only do you have to know English, but you have to have quite a large cultural context of US culture and um, a lot of the history classes and things like that. So we are working hard to get each person a diploma when possible, depending on their age, obviously, but some students were able to bring their transcripts in from Afghanistan and Epic has done a great job of being able to evaluate those transcripts and transfer in credits when possible. So we are able to help them start kind of where they left off in some sense. I mean, obviously the courses were different and with COVID here and COVID there, different things happened in all kinds of different arenas, but we actually have two students who'll be graduating in June um, that brought over transcripts and were very close to graduating in Afghanistan, but didn't quite make it. And so they're graduating in June. Said to, and they obviously already had a good English foundation being able to graduate so soon. So, and then we have a lot of other students that are um, juniors. And so those, what they brought in is helping us to determine what classes they still need. Obviously a lot of English for most of them. Um, for other students, it's unfortunate that they are maybe 18 and have to start as freshmen. So that's really um, gonna be a challenge for them trying to get in all of those classes before they graduate, but we're gonna do our best to work with them and help them to achieve their um, graduation goals. This new job, you said earlier that you had done something similar with interacting between students, different languages. So my background is in intercultural communication and teaching ELL. So when I was hired for this position in August, it was mostly serving um, all of Epic's um, multilingual families. And I'm still doing that to some degree, but I've mostly been specializing um, for the Afghan students for this semester. But Epic has a really phenomenal ELL program serving um, 15 different languages right now. Um, throughout the EPIC population. And we're working hard to develop uh, programs for families so that the parents, no matter what culture they are or language that they speak, that they can feel like a vital and integral part in their kids' education. So because sometimes when um, students learn American culture or learn English and the parents do not, they, the parent-child um, relationship starts having some distance. But um, at EPIC, we want to work hard to keep the teacher and the parent and the student relationships um, tight, no matter what language or culture. And that takes a lot of creativity sometimes and uh, just effort on the part of the teacher on the school. And it's my goal to help train teachers or other admin to be able to know how to step into those places and make those relationships. When they offered you this 
new position and new specialized um, workplace, do you, what made you want to accept it? Because from the start, it's obvious it wasn't going to be an easy task. Mm-hmm. Um, and these students were going to have a need to have a lot of help getting through these classes when mm-hmm. everything is just so chaotic for them. Are you speaking about the work with the Afghans or with just my uh, work with students in general with EPIC, the multilingual students? With specifically the Afghanistan refugee students? Um, well, I have history working with the Sparrow Project, which is the a nonprofit organization that is serving the new neighbors of Afghans. And so we have a history together and we saw the need, Epic saw the need, the Sparrow saw the need. And um, it was kind of like, well, yeah, we have to, we have to serve these students. Um, different other school districts within the area had been approached um, asking if they would step in and into this space. And um, they weren't able to for different reasons. And um, Epic is in a unique position to be able to um, mold and form in ways that maybe a traditional brick and mortar is not able to. Um, So yeah, it's been definitely challenging, but I don't think I ever questioned, um, should I do it? It's just like, okay, how can we get it done? I'm sure that there's a lot of students that are glad you took this job. When one thinks about Epic Charter Schools, we usually focus on the online learning part of it, which is a huge part of why parents seem to like this schooling, just because it gives a lot more flexibility in that. How has that, how has that been used in the curriculum for these students? Are they also doing some online classes? And how does that work with their current home life if they're in temporary housing? Well, it's been a lot of technology training. Um, <clears throat> most of these students had not used computers before, so it's been a lot, a lot of technology training, um, beginning from how to use the shift key to capitalize a password, all the way to using a translator or um, doing their actual curriculum. So teaching textbooks donated um, licenses for all the students that are in the center and all of the students from Afghanistan. So that has been a tremendous blessing since we do have so many different students in so many different levels. And it is some of the language is really challenging for some of the students, but teaching textbooks does a great job of breaking down um, the instruction and is able to overcome some of the language barriers. Also, they're using IXL that maybe not on their grade level, but learning some of the basics with the grammar. Some of the teachers have developed special credit recovery type classes with on the computer. And they're also using for especially a lot of the students that are just learning their alphabet because uh, Pashto and Persian, the languages or Dari, the languages they're coming from don't use the Latin alphabet. So many students are still having to learn the alphabet with the phonetics and all that, they're using um, even programs like reading eggs and math seats, things like that. Yeah, I'm sure it can be very frustrating for them to have to go through that whole process of things that for, for someone who already knows one language can be very frustrating, you know? Yeah, 
Um, Especially kids that were close to finishing high school and not planning to move countries and things like that. It's been really challenging for them because they were very close to a goal and then the target moved and now they're having to restart. They have to learn a whole new language before they can finish where they were almost, almost at the goal. All right, to help kind of end this interview, is there anything you would like to say about kind of how the, these students are coping with this that isn't really shown in the general me media? Because we have a lot about the impact of refugees and how we're gonna deal with all these people moving into the country um, at such a rapid pace. But I, I don't really feel like there's a focus on people like kids who are struggling just to get their credits done or people who have to go through the whole process of learning how to speak this language that they may have never even wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, that's for sure challenging. You know, a lot of obstacles have been introduced um, to these families that they maybe weren't expecting. And although life may be a little bit safer here in Oklahoma than it was in Afghanistan, it's maybe not as fun. Like the music is different and the hospitality is not as much. And so they, a lot of Americans, I think are somewhat ethnocentric and we think, well, they're here. They should be really glad to be here. And, but they, we don't maybe realize all the things they've given up. And there were some really amazing parts about being in Afghanistan with their families and with their culture and their music and their food and all of that different stuff. But one thing I would like for people to know is being around um, the Afghan people has been one of the biggest blessings that I have known for a long time. Uh, they continue to be grateful and happy and joyful in really tough situations. So I often, almost every day I'm thinking, wow, I just don't know if my attitude would be that great if I was in their shoes. So I hope that everyone listening um, is able to get to know some of these new neighbors. And I really think people will be blessed um, to get to expand maybe their horizons and get to experience these really beautiful people. And for my final question, is there anything you would like to point people to? Maybe some resources on um, how Epic is trying to help these students or what these people who already live here can do to help? Well, we need a lot of tutors, especially in math. I've been desperately looking for math tutors. Um, learning online is good, but learning from a person is always valuable, especially when you have maybe some gaps in your math. And so I would really uh, encourage um, anyone who might want to do a reading with kids, um, not just high school kids, but all the way down to pre-Kers because parents, you know, they may not have English abilities, but the kids are learning English. So reading with kids, uh, being a friend, um, math tutoring. If people would like to volunteer, they could go on the Sparrow Projects um, website and they have lots of volunteer opportunities on their website to get involved and to be friends or to serve um, the Afghan community. All right, um, thank you again for taking the time to go come do this interview. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day and thank you very much for doing all this work, which is just puts me at all with how much you guys are doing 
to help these students. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And that's all for today. Thank you for joining me. If you would like to volunteer or find out more about the work the Spirit Project is doing, you can find that on their website, the spproproject.com. Also, this will be my last episode as I'm graduating this year. So thank you again for all you guys who have listened to these. I really appreciate it and I really enjoyed being able to do these interviews and put them out like this. So thank you for your support and I hope you guys have a great day. Bye!